Hello, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. What I would love for the topic of our podcast today to be is, to be perfect is to change often. That's a quote, part of a quote by Winston Churchill, one of my heroes and somebody that I have followed and have been obsessed with for a very long time, reading as many as 10 biographies and autobiographies, a very, very wise man who confronted challenges as we are in our world right now and especially in America right now. Um, he went through world wars. Uh, he went to Africa uh, and fought and struggled there. Uh, this man in this small island, uh, the challenges that he came upon and was faced with in his life were just uh, unsurmountable by most human beings. And the depth of this man's strength and wisdom and courage is an inspiration to us all, especially, especially now, especially in these times. Uh, we have just passed January the 6th, which was uh, in the United States, a horrible terrorist attack on our Congress and our congressional building. Uh, it, it, uh, I'm not going to call it a riot. I'm going to call it uh, a terrorist attack because I truly believe that's what it is. Um, and what I want to discuss today is this is happening in America right now, but we have seeds of this discontent and other planted throughout the world at this point in time. For some reason, whatever our earth karma is, our energy, our greed, our racism, what our, our hyper-individualism, we have been brought to this precipice. We've been brought to this point of accountability. And I truly believe the only way is not around it, but through it. And if we want to form, as in our constitution, a more perfect union, to be perfect is to change often. Okay, so what I wanna talk about today is our perspective changing. That when you think about the differences that are going on, and the differences in most of us, I'm gonna give an example of my brother recently, very different political persuasion than I am, very different philosophical than my husband and myself and our family. And, um, and he decided that he thought he wanted to estrange from the family. He left the family thread on uh, the, our text chats. He um, started to withdraw. And um, I made a call to him and said, hey, here's, here's what, what we have to work through. With my clients, patients, our family, we live by the 90-10 prescription for life. He said, what the heck is that 90-10 prescription? I said, well, you have a choice. 90%, uh, I, I find that people live where they, they wanna find the 90% of what we fear, what we see as other, what we hate. Um, I, I'm different than you are, whether it's race, whether it's socioeconomic class, whether it's country affiliation. Uh, cultures. Uh, I'm poor, you're not, status. So we want to focus on the 10, 90% of how we're different. And then the 10% that's left, that's where we're human. We pay taxes, you know, we are uh, genders, we're whatever we are the same. We're humans occupying the same planet, breathing the same air, eating food. And I said, here's, that's how we get in trouble. Why don't we flip that and do the 90-10 rule where 90% of 
of us are love and good and we want the same things. We want love. We want compassion. We want a family. We want people to love us. We want community. We want fresh water, fresh air. Let's focus, flip it and focus on the 90% of us that's the same and the 10% which is different, which may be political persuasion, maybe philosophical, maybe, you know, you're wealthy, I'm not, whatever it is. But let's do the 90-10. Let's flip what is going on in America and what is going on in the world right now. We have got to change the dynamics. And this is a choice. Uh, we have to really think about this. Remember, in life right now, especially what's going on in the upheaval in our country, it's not what happens to you. It's the response of what happens. And I live by this, and it's a mantra that I love. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Choice, not chance. So we have a choice in our lives and in our world. Do you want the 90-10 rule? Do you want to focus on, if I have a problem with my husband today, or a problem with my staff member, or a problem with my neighbor, and I'm hot, and I'm furious, or angry, or saying things, I come home and it's a discipline to think 90-10, 90-10. Okay, I'm going to focus on the 90% of us, 90% of our relationship that we're alike. And the 10% is I can't stand the way he mows on Saturday morning or I dislike that my husband, you know, does this with the laundry or makes this financial decision and it ticks me off. 90-10, what part am I going to focus on? So what I think in, in this era is what I'd like to talk about today is to be perfect. Remember, Winston Churchill is to change often. So let's talk about some tools in your toolbox of life for change and happiness and you living your, your best life. And um, these are tried and tested and true through my practice, through my life, through the great leaders that I love to read about. I love to read about political leaders, spiritual leaders, people that have come not only come through crisis and navigated through crisis, I want to see what they do uh, in tremendous stress. Where'd they get the resilience? How'd they get it? So these are unbelievable resilience tools, but also tools to make the world a better place and to make your life a better. better. So first is awareness. Become aware of every thought, word, and action. Every thought that you're thinking right now, every word that comes out of your mouth, every action that you do affects you, society, and the world. It does. It's the ripple effect. Every single thing you do affects the world. So if, if it's a person, how, how does this person or person affect your life? Like a family member, a friend, a coworker, you know, think about that. And the emotions that affect your life. Are you living in guilt, shame? I mean, I know, believe me, I lived so much of my life in so much pain and suffering because of shame. Worry. Oh my God, we're in the middle of this. Not in the middle. I mean, this pandemic, yeah, we're getting the vaccine, but we do not know in the end. So many of us are worrying about finances, health. And, and another thing, expectations. Are you, do you have too high of expectations of yourself right now? I find that all the time. Excuses, fear, anger, your self-image, uh, complaining all the time. What emotions, write these down, what emotions of these, be aware of how they're shadowing or like a cancer, how they're infecting your life. And, and also think about what's your history with this person. I just had a blow up with a friend of mine and we go back 30 years and I said, this is not worth it. I mean, we have woven our lives together. So what's your history with this person and, and what are the triggers? 
And does this happen over and over again? Or is this new behavior? These are things to be aware of, awareness with the people around you and in your life. So um, awareness, awareness, awareness. Check out your feelings. Check out how you're behaving. What are you eating? Are you not sleeping? Awareness, awareness, awareness. That's the first. The second one is listening. We, we just don't listen anymore. Um, and, and if you're not listening, there, there's a difference between listening and hearing. Hearing is something that we have in our five senses. But listening is different. Listening is, um, it, it, it's, hearing is a function. Hearing is the sounds you hear. Listening is a relationship. You're, op you're opening your intelligence and your heart. You're opening your mind. Listening is an active experience. Sound or hearing is just a passive experience. Listening is very active. And listening is an act of reverent respect. Think about it. When someone looks at you and they listens to you, listen to you, maybe tilt their head and lean into you, think of how magical you feel. Sometimes you'll even cry or feel your heart open up. And you know, we spend 70% of our life communicating. Don't you want to actively listen? Because if you're just hearing and running through life, think of what you're missing. I mean, and, and reasons we're not listening is, is because we're distracted. We're distracted with these phones, with our worries, what we're thinking, um, the latest crisis in our life. We are not focused, okay? But you can train yourself to be actively listening most of the time. And we don't have reverent respect for others. If we did, when we looked at someone, passed someone, checked out in the checkout line, we would be listening and looking into those people's eyes. It makes a difference in your life. Um, hearing is, I think, disrespectful. When I went through my spiritual direction, direction um, training and certification for years, part of the biggest thing we did was we were taught active, engaging listening not hearing. And it truly, truly changed my life, changed my marriage, changed everything, um, changed work, changed the direction of my life. Please don't miss out on life by just hearing and not listening. It's a grace. It's a, it's a gift. And again, it's like a muscle that you need to exercise. Next is acceptance. We have to learn to accept each other. I hear the word tolerate. Uh, I have tolerance towards you. I have tolerance towards another race. I have tolerance towards another country. I, I really dislike that word. Think of the word tolerate and say it over and over. Tolerate. I tolerate you. There, there's some kind of superiority of when I'm tolerating you or the word tolerance. I love radical acceptance because radical acceptance and acceptance is I am accepting you where you are, who you are, with less expectations of you being exactly or being like me. We're judgmental creatures. That's who we are. So, but understand that every single person you meet has a story. You don't know where they came from. You don't know anything about them. Someone like myself, the way I look, the, my status or the, my education or, um, the way that I physically look, um, the car that I drive, you know, nothing about my history. You know, and the fact of the matter is for someone personally like me who was raised in a horrendously abusive and violent childhood and relationships. And I fought, clawed, worked. Uh, my whole life has been in psychotherapy or psychiatrists or getting help, healers. 
but I don't look that way right now. If you met me in a grocery store or saw me, you have no idea what my past is. Um, so we really, when we accept people, we, um, it's a grace and, and it's a felt grace. I feel it when people accept me, when they judge me because I'm white or because I'm this or that, I feel that judgment. We all do. Every one of us does. So let's try to move more acceptance, not, not tolerating people. And the only person you can really change is yourself. And we know that's true. So, you know, realize that when I feel judgment and stuff now, I go, wow, I, I really need to take a mirror and look at myself. And also another way to accept other people is find something that you can engage in together. For an example, um, I, I have uh, lived in a very interesting community where people were very different, had different beliefs and were, were much, much, much more conservative than I was. And I started a, a shelter and an animal shelter because of the abuse of the animals in the community where we lived. And that was beyond political belief and philosophical belief. And it was about love. It was about caring for these beautiful, beautiful creatures that had been abused. I was with and loved and became best friends with people I never would have graced before, ever. And it changed my life. I realized um, I joined a tennis team. The people were totally different in political beliefs and others. It was amazing how I learned about the losses and the loves and their children who had died or a husband who had died or, or a terrible situation this person had survived. It's amazing. So acceptance is so, so, so important. Please don't forget that. When you hear the word tolerate, please uh, don't, you know, think, really peruse and think about that word. So, and then the next is, is uh, the fourth one is forgiveness. My God. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Living with resentment or not forgiving people is like taking a poison and expecting the other person to get sick. Happy people, happy people know forgiveness sets the soul free. You are responsible for your own happiness. And, and also the power that you have when you refuse to forgive somebody, it just saps the power out of you like a seeping, oozing sore. Forgiveness is freedom. I'm telling you, I know. Um, I, I made a radical decision as violent and horrendous as my life was and the people that had abused me and all the, the stop signs and traffic uh, signs and, and upheavals in my life. Forgiveness is really difficult. I know that. But please remember, it's a discipline. It's a spiritual practice. Discipline and spiritual practice, okay? It doesn't come natural. We judge people. We hold resentment. So remember that again. When you don't forgive, it's like taking a poison or a toxin inside your mind, your body, and your soul, okay? And uh, Dr. Jim Polsky, a, a Gerald, who is a, a man who wrote a wonderful book on forgiveness, he says 50% of people haven't forgiven their parents. Isn't that amazing? 50%, half of us. 75% of people who haven't forgiven their ex-spouses after a divorce, 75% of us, they hold on to this pain and guilt their entire lives. And even though a Gallup poll shows that 95% of us, 95% responded, they said they knew it was important to healing and everything to forgive, but still less than 50% said they had really tried to actively forgive others. So please there, there are ways to forgive. You can take courses. You can see a therapist and online, especially with COVID right now, please. And steps, simple steps to forgiveness, explore your anger, write it down, 
Um, find, you know, and, and again, this is great to do with a therapist, a friend. If you have a tribe like I do, a group of people, decide to forgive. Remember, make the decision. And remember, forgiveness is a process. It's, it's not an event. And you, again, you can get education and training on how to forgive. And next is kindness. Okay, so five is kindness. Uh, don't underestimate the power of kindness. Uh, you know what it feels like when someone's kind to you, when you've had a bad day and again, you're going through a grocery store line or you're walking down the street or at a park and somebody smiles and is kind to you. Your heart opens up. You, you totally change. Whether you're the recipient of kindness or the giver, what we know is a love hormone called oxytocin immediately is produced in your body. It lowers your blood pressure. It improves your health and your optimism. Please, when you are kind, when you feel the meanest or most angry, I want you to be kind to somebody. I don't, again, go to a grocery store, go to a drugstore. I don't care where you go, go to Target and be kind to somebody and watch what happens to you and watch and witness what happens to somebody else. It's an amazing, amazing healing balm. Your cellular, listen, even the cells of your body change when you're kind. So the benefits of kindness, we have helpers high, your blood pressure goes down, you're happier, you live longer. I could go on and on and talk about kindness. It is critical, it's essential. It's one of those tools in your toolbox. And finally, one of my favorites is compassion. I learned about compassion in a class I took uh, when I was at Emory in grad school. And, you know, I'd heard about compassion. I grew up Roman Catholic. You have to be compassionate. You have to be kind. Jesus was compassionate. Blah, la 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 la. But I really learned on a deeper level. Compassion, remember, is the core of all spiritual and religious tenets, whether it's Jesus or Buddha or Gandhi or Lao Tzu. All of these have at their root compassion. And remember, compassion is not having pity or feeling sorry on somebody else or empathy for someone while watching the evening news. I turn on the evening news, oh, I'm so sorry for them. No, compassion is different. Compassion requires action, action by the individual, okay? So that's the element that we need to learn about compassion. It requires action. The Dalai Lama says that he believes, and I heard this in one of the many lectures I've been to with him, it is my belief that compassion is more important than any religion. Compassion is the true sign of inner strength. And I believe that also. Also, compassion, did you know it changes your biology? And it is not, again, I want to reiterate this. It's not, I'm sorry for you, I feel sorry. No, compassion is deeper. And what, again, I learned in my grad studies is the Hebrew word that's translated for compassion is rachakamim which comes from the word rakim, meaning womb. It means uterus or the womb of God. So in Judaism, in Hebrew, compassion means the womb of God. It has to do with the very being of God. Having compassion for another is similar to a mother's feeling for her child in her womb. Compassion is actually feeling the suffering of another and then responding to that suffering. And another Greek word for compassion is splanoxygmoni, which is the word for guts, for your viscera, for your actual bowels. In Greek, compassion means your guts, your viscera, your bowels. Writers in the Bible used this word for compassion. Okay, so the writers of the Bible used this Greek word for compassion only when they described Jesus's compassion for others. Isn't that interesting? 
So when Jesus talks about compassion, he's talking about his guts, viscera, and bowels being turned inside out. This is a very rare word, and it literally means that what Jesus felt for others was so deep, he was moved at a gut level. I believe compassion and love are two aspects of the same thing. When we love others as ourselves, and the action we bestow on others is then compassion. Compassion is born out of our, it's birthed out of our decision to love. I have a sign on my desk that says love is a decision. I also believe compassion is a decision. In our lives, we may not always feel a natural emotive love or feel that, you know, we feel compassionate towards another. But think of it this way. Compassion becomes the filter that continues to remind us that our differences are secondary and our samenesses are primary. Remember, remember the definition in Hebrew, the womb of God. We all come out and are birthed at the same womb. Especially when it doesn't feel warm and fuzzy, guys. When we don't feel warm and fuzzy about loving or being compassionate for someone else, a family member, someone in your business life, personal life, these terrorists that have taken over our country are trying, excuse me, they haven't taken it over. They're trying to take it over. It's very, very hard and it's barren, very hard for me to live in these tenets, but I choose to, I have to. Choosing compassion is living a life from the womb of God, the gut of God, according to ancient texts. When you choose to live a life of compassion, you'll experience real, real happiness. And, and remember, it's a gift that, that we are inextricably connected with each other. And that is, again, why the company and why our movement, the Mindful Living Network, our tagline is one people, one planet, one future. One future in all of these tenets of awareness and listening to each other, deep listening, accepting each other, forgiving each other, living in forgiveness, kindness, and compassion, living in the gut of God living, coming in, emerging in the womb of God, uh, choosing compassion, choosing to live on this planet, living a life from the womb of God and the gut of God. So here we are at a time of, uh, of turmoil in the United States has never been seen before since the Civil War. Uh, turmoil across the world, whether it's COVID, whether it's politics, whether it's uh, climate change and, and uh, choosing the destiny of our planet and our own lives. Please don't forget to change is so important. It's the only way out and through of this. And to be perfect is to change often. To be perfect is to change often. And I pray in my own personal life that I change with every breath that I take every inhale and every exhale. I hope that I am changing. And the biological and physiological fact is we are changing, as you well know. We're neurogenesis, we're creating new brain cells and cells in our bodies, and we're and other cells are dying. So it's a law of physics, it's a law of biology. And so please let's make it a, a, a law or a tool of our mental and uh, spiritual health also. So if you have any comments or questions or ideas for shows, please contact us at info at mindfullivingnetwork.com or info at our, O-U-R, 
MLN.com. And go there also and um, subscribe to our newsletter. It's pretty cool. We've got uh, all kinds of uh, exploration things for your soul and your mind. We have meditations and lots of good information. Some really cool things to explore. I love it. Um, so, as we leave today, please go out into the world. Um, choose to love. Choose to forgive. Choose to take the higher road. I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It.